The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. We're not live on Facebook anymore just yet. Hey, welcome back to Conservative Daily Podcast. <laughs> we are. We are, actually. We're not. I just hit it. Just it. Went live. it just went live. It just went live. Okay. Every time I Sorry. do it, I have to reset the streaming key because they keep changing us. They keep changing it because they don't like truth. It sounds so familiar, doesn't it? You know, I put this up there, and I want to. I want to send it to you because I want to start off by this. We have Tori up here, by the way. We have we have Tori up, and I, w- I want you to know it's Terpsahori Modis. I think I said that right. That's pretty close. That's the pretty best good. I've ever heard you do the name Terpsahori. And I've followed her forever. I have followed her forever. And there is some crazy stuff that she's uncovered. She was one of the first people to do a, um, for, for those of you that don't know, she was one of the first people to do a affidavit back in December of 2020 and um, has been standing up and talking about the thing that we keep talking about, which is source code. How do we get access to the source code? How do we get to the place where we can get access to the information inside the machines? And... I, I think is 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 Torion. All right, drum roll. <laughs> Tori, come on in. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, your thank mama you had you, but I'm I'm happy to have you on the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That source code is going to be the enchilada right there. Well, and we've seen video after video and testimony after testimony, and everyone knows that if you don't have the source code, we can get to all of the evidence that shows where it points to. It's like, there, it's right there, it's right there. The murderer ran right into the middle of there, and there's only one person there, and it's the machine with the source code. But you've been talking about this for a long time. So for those that don't know you, which I think everyone does know you, but those that don't know you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm an unconventional whistleblower. Um, I That's am, what I called you. Yeah, I am. And, and the thing is, I'm extremely polarizing because we're in an era of tribalism. So if you step out of the red or blue cage, you're immediately, you know, disliked. Because it's, it's clearly a revolutionary act to think for yourself these days and to speak common sense. So, you know... Um, when I say unconventional whistleblower is because a lot of people like me never come out into the spotlight. You don't hear about us ever. We conduct work in the shadows uh, within the United States and outside. Uh, you know, we don't have any protections because we engage in activities that are treasonous, not only to our nation, but to, you know, we actually take over countries. <laughs> we conduct riots and color revolutions and uh, you know steal elections and we overthrow governments we don't like and i was part of that and um uh, one might say you know what made you change well i have been whistleblowing in the dark you know since i i believe 2006 was the first time i sent something to congress you know um anonymously 
And then uh, after I rigged the Ukrainian 2014 elections, I was caught uh, in uh, blowing whistles uh, earlier. And so I was terminated. And when you're terminated in my community, uh, there's two avenues. One, you know, you die in the darkness. Two, they destroy you, reputation-wise. Like, you can't get a job, you're blacklisted, uh, and, and, and they just attack you. And we're not talking attacks like, oh, you know, trolling you or putting out memes, but they lawfare you to the ground, and we've seen that happen. A lot of people are concerned and can't speak up, just average people, not people like me that may or may not have evidence to lock people like John Brennan up away for a long time, right? We're talking average people are terrified to speak up and point out that things are wrong because they are bullied into submission or shamed or harassed. And, and some people, well, most people take their life. And, and, and we all know that. We've seen that over the past six years, how that happens. So um, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm running for Secretary of State in Ohio right now. Uh, no one is even recognizing the fact that I have achieved to get on you know, the ballot as a statewide independent that has never happened before in the history of Ohio. Uh, I am uh, marginalized as a candidate because I am a minority party because there is no party. And um, I'm, I, I am not allowed to have poll workers uh, observe the elections. You are only allowed to observe elections if you're a Democrat or Republican. Any other party has no say in anything. So they've already put us in these blue and red cages and said this is where you stay. And, and, else. And, no, and no access to being able to have people watch the elections. You can't watch... No. You can't want, you can't yeah. have your own observers. That's why this lawsuit that you um, and, and I don't know if we have that real quick. I I did want to before we do that. I did want to go into and talk about what I think is important, um, and that is your affidavit. That you. Yes. I mean, if 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 I if if you're okay with me going through the affidavit in 2020, um, this affidavit you signed it um, on 12 one of 2020. Um, actually, it was November. Um, it was longer, but I was uh, advised by, you know, the lawyers, you, you need to keep it sustenant and have it make sense. Um, so it was November. I think the end of November was the finalized copy, but everything in there has not been disproven at all. In fact, over all the activities of so many incredible Americans, it has further proven that I was right all along. And, um, you know, that, that irritates demons. So, <laughs> so, so I want to I go back and talk about this because it's really important you said that it was longer, right? Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I wrote an entire, I wrote this diatribe, blah, 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 I like threw up on paper and the lawyer's like, cut all this out, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. He goes, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll amend it later. <laughs> I went, guys. Yeah. And he goes, well, the substantive stuff is in there. And I went. But it doesn't, I can't, it doesn't follow the flow. And they're like, Joe, don't worry about it. We just need to get this in. And they did the same thing. They cut it out, which I think takes away from the spirit of, I mean, it makes you sound like a little bit of a nut when you talk about, hey, doing the research on this and looking at, you know, the, the quantitative issue related to how you came, mathematically, how you came up with this. You know, it, it makes it impossible for you to, it makes it impossible for you to get the story across because people then can't understand it. But anyway, tell us what's in the affidavit. 
Well, in the affidavit, it, it clearly spells out that um, the machines themselves hadn't been certified uh, since it lapsed in 2017. 2017. Now, I, yes. And what happened was in 2017, I saw that myself. So I sent out letters to members of Congress and the Senate uh, you know, advising them that uh, the machines, uh, the EAC has not recertified the VSTLs, were, which is short for Voting Systems Testing Laboratories, right? And um, none of the bit, except for Senator, I think it was Wyden from Oregon, that actually wrote a letter to Jack Cobb, who is the, who's also a defense contractor, by the way, right? And um, I have a lot of his things in there in that affidavit because they're very important. Um, he actually responded by sending in a letter on October 3rd, 2017 to Jack Cobb, reinforcing the importance of having uh, certified, uh, being certified by the EAC. Now, I also stated that the EAC didn't have a quorum for a year. And I was watching this because I was concerned that uh, there was going to be a big deal coming up with elections, a very big deal. And uh, myself and my friend Millie Weaver in 2019, I saw that software in operation in Kentucky. And, you know, this is where a whistleblower had provided information to her. Uh, I parsed through it, sanitized it. Um, went through all that evidence in November of 2019 and saw the same thing was happening and they did that in Kentucky. Um, and that's where I wrote an article trying to walk people through with, with schematics on how this trap door works, right? Because what people don't seem to understand is when you put your ballot in and it scans it, it then gets encrypted, then gets re-encrypted, and then gets shuffled. And they say the shuffling is for the purpose of anonymizing votes. That's how I used to sell it to other governments, right? You don't want people to prosecute you for your beliefs. Um, and this will save you. No one will see your vote. And so what happens is after it shuffles, it decrypts. But decryption has algorithms to instruct. And this is where the problem is. Now, in this is where part. the like PID function, the fixed point outcome, that's why we see all the sliding scales and the smoothing out of getting to an endpoint of who wins the election. Yeah, it's predictive analytics. You know, what I like to call time travel in, in, in a shorter sense, right? Every computer geek calls it time travel, right? When you can predict based on uh, input. This is why they have early voting now, because then they can tweak the algorithm to assess how many votes are still outstanding so that it doesn't break. Because if people envision an algorithm like um, like goalposts, right? That whatever happens, we need this ball to go through these goalposts. So however you do it, computer, you gotta think ahead that you've got so many more votes to come, but that's the outcome I want. I want it in that goalpost. But if you have too many people coming, that starts to teeter-tot until it breaks. And that's what we saw in 2016. The algorithm was broken because the expectancy of how many voters came out to vote was insanely high. And uh, people saw that live. And this is why, you know, the Hillary Clinton camp didn't challenge it because they knew that if they challenged it, it would be evident. I mean, we did have like a crazy number of people come out in 2016, right? It was just insane. It, it was insane, and it got beat by a bazillion people <laughs> in 2020. Uh, it's not even possible for them to have as many people that showed up. 
Yes. Mathematically. Yeah, and, and I, that's why the algorithm broke. It works on math. It's not rocket science. It's clean algebra, right? We can all create algorithms that keep constraints. And usually when you see that you have too many variables coming, like too many people coming in to vote, what you do is you go back in and you tighten up the reins of that goalpost so it doesn't crack. But they got caught. Um, they couldn't do it in 2016. And in fact, DHS got caught in Georgia trying to do it, if you remember. And Kemp at the time uh, was very upset with the whole, you know, push of the DHS being in the election machines, right? Why are they in there and what are they doing? What are they trying to do? And, you know, people have amnesia because as we're talking about elections, people think this is all about Trump when this question has been posed for two decades. You know, we had congressional hearings in 2005 that should have blown it wide open. And, you know, it seems that everyone is just driving a narrative. We're, we're living in the middle of the, one of the largest infodemics in history, globally. Right? We're constantly being misinformed. And, uh, you know, they're doing this intentionally to create information chaos so that they can come in and create parameters and constrict the information you have access to. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And this, these are Chinese tactics, by the way, right? And we know this warfare. It's, it's just terrible. Anyway. So, so we, we, actually have, um, we actually have your attorney on as well, Warner. Fantastic. And so I want to go ahead and bring him on. Warner, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Warner, we, we've been talking to Tori about... Uh, the, the going back to the affidavit, the algorithms, and you know, simple math. I, I do want to say that, as I welcome you to the show, Tori, I've been looking into Eric Coomer at Dominion Voting Systems. Obviously, you know my connection to serendipitously being, I call it Providence, um, on that call that led me to Dominion. Um, he's a uh, expert in, I would say expert, nuclear, he's, he's a nuclear engineer, right? And if you look at his, his uh, doctorate thesis that he wrote, it's on, it is on um, decay models, energy decay models, which, by the way, you, would need, you could use some of those, that math in order to create what is happening now with the vote. Anyway, I just want to point that out. Warner, you, you, have, a, you have a client that likes to get in the middle of everything, huh? Uh, she sure does, and we're, uh, you know, she has provided uh, really the people of the state of Ohio a very unique opportunity to deal with election problems, and, you know, it's something I've been interested in for uh, 20 years at least. Uh, I was friends with Bev Harris, who had uh, Black Box Voting. Uh, you may know that group. I was very concerned about elections issues for many years uh, when we shifted over to these electronic vote tabulation machines and things like that. You know, I, I've seen the analysis of the red shifting, the blue shifting uh, that's going on, the fractional voting. You know, so I was aware of all that. And Tory has provided us an opportunity in Ohio basically to fix the system. And her lawsuit uh, goes at that and starts to peel away at the onion of problems, basically, that we're dealing with. And, and really, what we see is the federal government and state governments are spending millions, maybe billions of dollars on a problem that shouldn't even be there in the first place. It's very Correct. simple. We need to go back to in-person voting and have 
paper ballots that are hand counted. And you do that, all of a sudden, we can all have trust in the elections. And it's a problem for both sides. Like you were pointing out, you know, I think there's a movie, I think it's called Kill Chain, where yeah. the Democrats are complaining about the election fraud. Okay, so the Democrats complain, the Republicans are complaining, but nobody's doing anything about it. Because, oh, if it's in your interest, Democrats, right now, you're not going to raise an issue about, oh, oh, there's a problem with the voting. But that problem hasn't gone away, and Tory is providing a pathway for Ohioans to fix it. And it's very simple. Counting has to be observable. That's under Ohio law. That doesn't mean the ballot goes through some machine that we don't know what's going on. We need to be able to watch the count occurring. You can't watch it in a black box. It's pretty much that simple. And if you're going to use black boxes, Ohio law also requires inspection of the processes. And as far as I'm concerned, that means we need to inspect the code, the hardware, the software in those black boxes. We need to have fully open uh, you know, systems in, in these elections. You, you know, you, you talk, I think it's brilliant how you've gone about this because it actually leads us right back to the source code. It leads yeah. us right back to why we don't need machines in, in, in our elections. We, we know how the game is played. Now, I, I got to ask you a question. Actually, this is a question for, for, for Tori as well. Don't you think stealing the elections and the chaos that is created by Democrats and Republicans is actually designed to split the road in half and give each, part, each, each party a, a seat at the table? For, but it's the same mission. They, they, they just want to make sure that they maintain power and maintain authority so they can bilk off the American people. I think it's a two-party system. I think they both know that they're cheating. They're just talking about it so that they can blame each other. So they create chaos, leave us dazed and confused. We're looking around, like, what's going on? And then we go to our party, and the GOP has literally said, silence, quiet, stop talking about it. It's gotten too big. Democrats, misinformation. Republicans, misinformation. Isn't this a... I mean, it feels like they're they're running a scam on us. I, I think they are. We're all distracted and we're all up in arms. You know, whatever your party is, you're up in arms if you're if the other party wins or loses or whatever. But we we have to get beyond that. And Tory is showing a path to restore trust in the elections, and that's critical and fundamental to our democracy. They are disabling our democracy with these machines, and they are disabling our democracy with all these accusations of misinformation and everything else. You know, let's have a let's have a fair and square debate about it. But you know, Tory's not going to get on national news. They're not going to let her. Uh, but you know, she is very capable of debating what's going on, what's been going on, and how to fix it. And the fix is so simple. We don't want the feds in our state and local elections. We want local people uh, dealing with the elections. That's it. That's the way to keep it clean and honest. How do you become Captain Obvious? You just stole my deal, Captain Obvious. (laughs) 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 And the crowd goes wild. Settle down, settle down, all of you. <laughs> I, that was it. That was incredible. See, that's the thing. They, they like, like my lawyer says, they will not have me on mainstream media. They can't attack my message because it's common sense. So they just attack me, and you know, there's theories from me being a reptilian alien to like even criminal things, you know. And I, I can't fix that. And 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 it's because we're stating common sense. We're not. I'm not an election denier. I'm an election backer. 
I want fair and honest elections because our vote represents our First Amendment right. That is the most sacred right we have as it's Americans. Our voice. And yeah, yeah, that's it. That is our book. Your voice is your book. And I think every single American can come to the table and say, you know what? We're not going to reinvent the wheel. You can't hack paper. We don't need the federal government involved. China can't hack our paper. And not only that, let's get anti-counterfeit technology in our ballots to make it even more secure. That way, if you have to mail it off, I know it's legitimate. I mean, if I could check my $5 bill in the middle of nowhere at a gas station, I should be able to have the same type of technology in my ballot and it's actual common sense and 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 this is like i said earlier it's a revolutionary act to not subscribe to a red or blue cage and jump out of it and say can we just all come to the table and just speak english uh, and, and 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 common sense here and and that has become so polarizing that i'm called an election denier when what i want is actual elections and it makes no sense well you, you know, I, I do. I want to. You're you're absolutely right. And and they use these mocking, bullying, and slanderous terms. And my lawyers and I have been sitting down, going, "Well, how do we, how do we sue each and every one of them and make it debilitating for every one of them because of the actual harm? Like they pro- proving that they have to say you're an election now. You're you're a conspiracy theorist. Show me where I'm a conspiracy theorist. Well, this. Well, great. I need access to the source code. So I need, if I get access to source code, I could actually show you that all of this mounting evidence actually points to the fact that they're defrauding it, not just in Dominion, but ESNS, Smartmatic. They use the same architecture throughout all the systems. And it all flows up to CIDL, which goes up to Edison. And back. It, it is it is highly complicating depending on the region. I would say uh, they use different methods of cloud surfing it, you know, mm-hmm. through. But, but regardless, right now, what um, what path has been forged here, and my attorney is just all of them have been just incredible. Is one for some reason, you know, and I'm pretty sure the GOP is regretting this big time now, right? Uh, you know, I had to run as an independent, and I know they're regretting it right now because not only does that demonstrate and start the conversation on how anybody that thinks outside of the corporate funded parties is not allowed to be on the ballot. They fought me so hard, you know, literally breaking laws and a clear violation of law that it sends a message to not only Ohioans, but the rest of America, that if you are independent and you do not subscribe to these corporate sponsored parties, then you are not allowed to have a voice. And that is also an argument I'm making because I can't have poll watchers because I'm not, I mean, my, 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 my lawyer can speak to that better, but think about it for a second. We are in an era of tribalism and they have put us in these boxes, you know, and if you step out of that box, you're either an alien, a criminal, a fraudster, crazy. And it's like, yeah, but when actually people listen to the message, it's called common sense. And apparently, we're not allowed to have that. And, and, and this is where we're at. I think Warner can explain the whole poll watching issue and how Ohio has been scolded before by SCOTUS about that. I, I can. And, and there's actually two arguments that we're making. One argument is what's called equal protection, that Tory has the same rights as any other candidate. And the other one is under the First Amendment. It's the right of actually the voters and the electorate 
to affiliate with Tory and to be observers and to be inspectors of these machines. So we have a First Amendment and a uh, and an equal protection uh, issue in this case. So we're very excited about that. And and Tori, I was smiling when you were talking because we already won one. I'm hoping we win another one here. We got her on the ballot. I don't know. Uh, just because we could count, uh, you know, we, we could actually count. That's all it took, a simple math, elementary school math, and we got her on the ballot. One plus yeah. one. <laughs> literally, Two. I was at the hearing, and I literally counted up to, I think it was 29 to one day, but I literally counted, uh, you know, for the uh, judge that day. Yeah. Oh. It, 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 I, I'm pessimistic. I think that we're going to have to take it to the United States Supreme Court. Um, in an expedited fashion because they don't want that. Yeah, they don't. They well, don't want people to be outside of the box. Well, let, let me ask you a question. You take it all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has uh, the ability to deny writ of cert, right? They can, they can deny it. They can deny even right. hearing the case. Right. I mean, they is, don't that have a, is that a really big fear? I mean, that... They, they get thousands of cases, and then they just don't hear. Look what they did in tech to the Texas lawsuit, which, would, by the way, was hemmed up and done very well, that should have overturned the election in 2020. Should have. What I want to say about that, though, is our theories are very simple, and they are very fundamental. It's, it's really very basic. Tory needs to be treated just like any other candidate. We're not asking for any special favors for her. We're just asking that she be treated normally. And then for the voters themselves, again, they have a First Amendment right to affiliate and to associate with Tory Maris's campaign. And they have rights under that First Amendment to actually observe the voting. So this is just very, very basic elementary constitutional law. I'm, I'm a simple guy. I'm making very simple arguments, and we need these judges, uh, and I think they will understand what we're saying. Yeah. Well, I will see because I, you know, I, he's optimistic. My attorney is optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic too. I, I have faith in the justice system that even though it is party affiliated judges, right, that when it comes to the law, that they can keep it simple to the law. Because and, and for SCOTUS, I'm not concerned about it not being heard because this is fundamental, like uh, Warner said. And this comes down to the basic constitutional rights that we have as citizens. And it affects all of America, not just Ohio. And so, you know, if the Supreme Court of Ohio decides to, you know, reject this, we have federal questions there that we can pose. And we will ask SCOTUS to rule on this because, in essence, you know, this is them, if they reject this, they are in essence saying that no one is allowed to be an independent thinker in Ohio. You are not allowed to be independent and that you must subscribe to either the left or the right, the red or the blue, you know, that's it. And I don't believe any judge would like to hat their hand, hat on polarizing citizens because we've had enough of that. And, and you know, but it is the era of tribalism, so I'm a little bit pessimistic, okay? Um, but <laughs> I am. I, I, I want to respond a minute, though. I mean, the, the American people need to know, for however messed up our system is, 
look at what our courts have done. The Article Three federal courts have thrown out the mandates right and left. They made yeah. a mistake on the, on the CMS or the Medicare Medicaid mandate with the hospitals, but they got it right on the other ones, and I think they can fix that. Um, you know that CMS uh, mandate as well. So our federal and our federal and our state court put Tory on the ballot. So our courts are truly acting independently, and I'm not saying they're perfect. I believe me, I, there's lots of problems in the courts as well. But the courts are saving our democracy for us right now. And, you know, it is very interesting to me to see this independent branch of government actually work the way it's supposed to as much as it has. And I think that's a story that's not being told, is how successful people who are fighting for these issues are being. And, you know, as long as we can craft an argument that, that will work, uh, that is simple, easy to understand, and founded in basic constitutional rights, I, we really do have an opportunity with these courts, as we've seen already. But does it, does it matter what judge you get? I mean, I, I have an Antifa judge on the, on the case that I have in, in Denver, and this judge has literally bro- broken every rule, every law, every, every uh, procedure, every... I mean, and has been on the bench for overruled a 20-year judge. I mean, everything. And how do you get past the the the, the corrupt and and just infiltration of the system, and not getting caught in this political? Let's just give it to this judge because they're getting ready to leave. And I mean, it's, it, this is a real thing, Warner. This isn't something we can ignore. I, I I would not ignore it, but I mean, you you know, we have overturned judges many, many, many times on appeal. I mean, I, I have done this for a long time, and the district court judges uh, in the federal courts uh, often get it wrong, and we often win those appeals. Uh, same thing with the state court judges. So your appellate panels, that's not just one judge. That's going to be three judges or, you know, or nine judges maybe at the Supreme Court. Uh, but, you, you know, when you get to those panels, that's, that's where there is some balance that starts to occur and some rationality and sanity often does, you know, emerge and come back to the surface. Okay, so I want to bring this up because it, it goes to the, the statement of time. Like, how much time do we have in order for this to happen? And this is not, this is not relevant to, to this case, Tori, but I need to, I need to you know, I, I had some questions for, the, for you, Warner, when, you, when Tori said you were coming on, because I'm like, well, the, 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 the the wheels of justice turn too slowly. They just turn too, it turns too slowly. Well, I just want to point out, you know, we filed in September to get Tori on the ballot and we had an opinion in September. We filed in October for her to have observers and inspectors. I think we're going to have an opinion by the end of this month. And if it's against us, then we will very quickly have to try to get it to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to have, you know, 10 days maybe. But uh, we, I have a printer standing by. They told me they can produce the uh, document in 24 hours, and we can get it shipped off to the to the U.S. Supreme Court. What, why is it that your case is moving so quickly, yet there are other cases such as the one? In, and, and these are questions, by the way, that people told me before Tori came on. Well, I want to ask this question. I want to ask, like, why did you focus on Alaska? Because people are wondering, how did you stay so low laser focused on, on Alaska when you when you came out to talk about election fraud? So but these are questions. I rigged elections in 45 countries, Joe. 
I know how they rig elections. I mean, I say this and people, you know, I don't care if you don't believe it. You can't change the truth. Say that you know, again. People say that again for the people in the back. They weren't listening. The people in the back. Say it one more time, please. You did what? I knew because I've rigged elections in 45 different nations. And just because you don't believe it's true doesn't make it any less true. It's fact. And you can you can't believe facts; they simply are. When when people say these things, it's like just because you're saying it doesn't mean you know your belief doesn't matter to the truth. It's, it's fact. Like, <laughs> Sorry, we had to do that. People were started to cheer. We had to calm down back there, please. Uh, 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 go ahead. I want to answer your question. I mean, yeah. one of the things. So Ohio has a special rules for election matters. So I file these as expedited cases under the elections rules. It's, it's very hard on us. I mean, we do have to turn around a brief in like three days, and I've got a brief due tomorrow uh, on her case. So things, are, things move very quickly, and you have to be ready to go. I've got a great team of attorneys here, uh, and we just work together and, and get it done. And the other thing is, I mean, you know, even in the federal courts, if you're in a position for a TRO, you know, those TROs, you can go in, uh, file that TRO. If it gets ruled against, boom, then you can take it on appeal immediately. So there are ways to move these things more quickly. Um, I, you know, I'm happy to consult with any attorneys who want to know about, <laughs> you know, how to try to move these cases. Uh, but, but you can move them quickly. Beyond that, though, I mean, I share your frustration. I, justice delayed is justice denied, Right. And, and we have had cases that have lingered in the courts for years. And it is very frustrating for, for our clients. It's exhausting. And, uh, you know, but in election matters, there's, there's an urgency. And we're taking advantage of the uh, civil rules to speed the cases along. You know, I want to just bring this case up because one of my lawyers uh, had this case. And you said justice delayed. And this is just an example. You know, I'm I'm not a, a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Uh, Tori, I think that you've done some amazing work. Your conscience pressed down on you. I've said this to you. Like, stop leading with, I know I did this stuff, right? Stop leading with it. I said, you're you're amazing. Like, I sat down and talked to you, and I was like, you're, I, I stood in front of you, and I was like, you are amazing. Stop apologizing for what happened back in the rearview mirror because all the things you're doing now are going to lead to saving this nation. But this case... My lawyer has been working on this case for 16 years. This guy spent oh. 24 years in prison. 24 years in prison before he got, he got justice. Go ahead and put it up if you would, uh, Apollo. And, and I know it's not an election deal, but this is, this is why there's such a breakdown. This is the guy that was in prison for 24 years, and that's my attorney on the left. And then, you know, just writing this out, she got his case. She couldn't, she finally couldn't win on the, it didn't happen. So you know what she did? She's like, let me just get the, get it down to a, a sentence that guidelines within the federal court that makes sense. And she got it down to 30 months. We'd already, he already served 24 years. Mm. Right. So this is a sentence on count two from 30 years to 30 months. So he, he was able to walk within an hour of that case being heard at federal court. But how many lives get ruined in, in, in we talk about elections because of, you know, stolen elections have consequences, massive consequences. It is actually killing people. It is actually committing crimes against humanity, against people, and, and by not, not just stripping them of their voice, but the decisions that come after fraudulent selected people in office.
So, you know, I, I don't want to belittle what you've done in Ohio, but there's 49 other states, and they just don't seem to be, those wheels just don't seem to be working in such a way that it's, it's maybe they're just too complex. Well, you know, I think the problem is legal is just one part of the problem. So we, we have to address this as Tory is politically. We all of us, you know, and I think people are awakening across the country. I see much more uh, sense that we have to be eternally vigilant to save our freedoms. And people are, and, and it's, it doesn't come free. It's not free. Yeah. People know that. Freedom is not free. There is a cost to be paid. Tori's paying it with, with her life, you know, by running and spending her time and her money and her energy at this. All of us need to get involved and fix this. Yes. But I mean, you know, we are we are coming around. We need to pay attention, folks. And and when we have uh, people who are wrongfully convicted, I happen to be involved in one here in Ohio. The man served uh, seven or eight years for murder before we managed to get him out. And I'll tell you what, we had to break prison rules in that case to get him out. The actual murderer. This is the Clarence Elkins case. The actual murderer was incarcerated with him for for another crime. He picked up a cigarette butt, which he's not allowed to do, smuggled it out, and we got DNA testing. That broke a prison rule, but that guy's DNA matched the DNA at the murder scene. He had, we got it right. And That's it unbelievable. Pure luck. <laughs> pure luck. It's pure luck. I don't know if it's pure luck. I believe in Providence, too. Well, it, Yes. Well, that's I mean, what it, I wanted to see, though. I just, just, just let me say, he's, he's expressing the frustration from other states, why they filed and they haven't moved. Well, God has actually stepped in here. Like, this is divine intervention. Because if I would have been on the GOP ticket, this would not have the solid footing that it has as an independent. That gives me a lot more of my foot in the door to ask these questions because I am from a minority party representation, right? I'm also a minority woman. And, you know, these are questions that are fundamental to our society. So for all those others that are fighting, they have forged the path to, uh, you know, start these conversations. It just so happens that because they attacked me and fought me to get on the ballot, this is where sweet justice walks in and this independent ballot literally slaps them across the face. This is why I'm saying they probably regret not letting me on that GOP ticket. They regret it. So I just wanted to say No, I look I, I think I've been following you since the beginning, right? So I've been I've read briefs and conversations and watched your videos and I keep thinking, why is this not mainstream? Why, you know, I, I was, I helped facilitate stealing elections in 45 other nations. Why is not every news agency in the country picking you up and saying, we need to hear what Tory has to say? <laughs> well, Bolton also said it. John Bolton said it on. He said it on TV. Now Find it. Yes, he did. And it's like, so how am I a conspiracy theorist when he just reinforced it? Like, and this is John Bolton. And almost everybody in the intelligence community probably hearing me saying it is like, damn, she's insane. Why would she say that out loud? And it's like, well, I don't plan on leaving my country's border, so I'm fine as long as I stay here. You know, someone has to say it. We can't just pretend this doesn't exist. And this is a weapon of mass destruction that is being used on the people of the United States, and no one is talking about it. And, and, and they want to call me an election denier. 
And it's like, no, it's common sense. You know, they're, they're, they're painting me with a broad brush. You know, we have the left screaming racism for voter ID, the right screaming voter ID when it's like, hold on a second. If you've never had identity problems, you have no idea how hard this is. And in the state of Ohio, the biggest problem is, is that our BMV, Bureau of Motor Vehicles, is a franchise. Literally, like McDonald's, it's privatized. And then we question why homeless people or people that have lost everything in a fire or went through a divorce can't get their ID. Because you're not dealing with the state government that is in, encouraged and, and mandated to jump through hoops for you. You're dealing with the franchisee. Like, there's the problem. And this is how we fix it. So, so, <laughs> so hold, hold on a second. The DMV is a franchise. Yes. No, nah, come on. Dead serious. I found out by accident. Oh, Kid geez. you not, I found that out by accident. I'm doing a whole <laughs> show on this. Tori, you're coming back for that <laughs> show, no. too. Like, I'm I, telling you, my daughter went to get her permit, and I was on the state side of it where they do the testing, and they were literally you know, not following a court order that I had, you know, like a protection order. And I was like, you have to do, they're like, no, they'll do it on the other side. So I go to the other side and they're like, oh yeah, we're a private company. So we have more leeway to just fix things. I was like, excuse me, what? And it's literally franchised. No, come on. Yep. I can't. Oh, Warner, how do you do this? You're in a legal system that is just so effed. <laughs> well, we got to start somewhere. We might as well start with Tori, start fixing it. I, I think one of the things I wanted to mention, though, Tori is important, is pointing out something that's really important. We have done so many things internationally, you know, that I think are criminal, such as fixing other countries' elections. We simply took the tools that we've developed internationally and we have turned them on our own citizens. That includes things like, you know, the, the debt of cities, counties, and states. It includes the, the, you know, really the gutting of our economy. So we've, we've done things that we've done internationally uh, undercover. Now we've turned all those tools on ourselves, and we are just deteriorating our country at this point. So, so this is a place to start, get our elections fixed. That's fundamental. Okay. So, so let's, work, let's work the problem because I think the cases that you have are fundamental to us fixing the problem across the country. Let's say they solve the problem before um, some of these cases hit the Supreme Court. Does it still have, does it still have standing to be used in other states as a, um, as a uh, um, you know, case law? Well, yeah, I mean, we have, because we're doing both equal protection and First Amendment along with Ohio law, it will be case law for the United States. Okay. That's, that's really the key to it. And, and the other key is, and I think this hasn't been emphasized enough, we are focused on the right to association. So these are fundamental First Amendment rights to associate with a candidate and to not be discriminated against as a voter because you're associating with a candidate. That's what's happening. The voters are being discriminated against. Tories being discriminated against. But it's, it's, it's a fundamental right to associate, and that is what gives it national power. 
So there, there's something I want to I want to ask you. They say that they want to anonymize the vote so that nobody knows they can persecute you. But isn't it true that they're using Act Blue and uh, Win Red as an indicator of how they can track people's views and what they actually vote for if they give money to President Trump? That can be actually uh, tracked all the way through. And they're using that as a way to circumvent that process of knowing who you voted for by persecuting people based on personal beliefs. Isn't that isn't that the the exact uh, thing that they're they're advocating that you're not supposed to have access to, but they're do, using that a uh, system anyway to, in order to uh, circumvent that. It's ab absolutely obvious. They they know what we're doing. I mean, they they take what thirty points of data and they know what what your proclivities are and and everything else about you basically. So it's very easy to do these days with the massive computing computing power that's available. Yeah, and in Ohio, over seventy five percent of the population is registered as an independent or not affiliated. So they have been pushing the early voting here in Ohio hard because they want to be able to pre-program the algorithms correctly. Well, and what, what about the people that vote in person? Are they now going to overstate the people that vote in person because people are people that are like you're saying, hey, go vote in person on election day? Are they going to just tweak the, the system so that it makes it, I mean, in Colorado, it's nearly impossible to do a, do a in-person vote now. I mean, are they, are they just going to try and get rid of it altogether so that they can actually dictate what's going to happen in the future for an election? Um, can, I, can I just say something on this? You know how yeah. the Republican Party keeps pushing for voter ID? Mm -hmm. The reason is because then they get fixed numbers of voters. This way, they already can pre-program, especially when they want to move it into blockchain, right? They want, to pro they want programmable blockchains so they will be able to program in we have 7.9 million voters because a lot of people think the republican party is that of the free it is just as bad as that they're the same party okay and this is a globalist thing because there is a, a lecture that i had um attended virtually in 2020 where i had a friend of mine join a discussion on elections with ncc group have you heard of them yeah. They actually, most of the escrow and they purchased Iron Mountain. So as I was listening to this, you know, conference, they discussed the imperativeness of voter identification. And these are people from the World Economic Forum, the UN, right? These are all globalists and all foreign nations. And the idea is we give everyone voter ID, then we have established a voter. So we know the numbers that are allowed to come out. There will be no, oh, I just moved to your thing. You either have a voter ID or you don't, right? It will not be recognized on the blockchain. And this is the whole thing. They don't even have to campaign. Look at them. Are they coming out? No, they're not. They don't go and speak. They don't, they don't ask for your vote because they already have the data to know how you're going to vote. The only places they turn up in are the places that they believe need a little bit of a nudge to vote all blue or all red, because this is the mentality every citizen has been trained to do. Vote straight red, straight blue. Don't vote in between because there's dilution. And then you ask yourself, how is anything diluted if we all vote for the same thing, which is free? Right. We should be able to vote. You see them sending cards. Vote like this. I it's like an instruction booklet to citizens how they should think. And then these are the same people that are telling you that they fight for freedom. And it's like, wait a minute. That doesn't it's like pro-lifers. You can't say that you're against abortion, but you're pro capital punishment. Right. I'm sorry. I'm against killing anything. Right.
even even the worst criminals. In fact, I want them to live and face their themselves in a mirror every single day. Because that's can we, what can we can we stretch them out? Like, can we stretch them out till like their arms pop out of socket, and make them walk uh, around? We don't like do this? that anymore. We used to we used <laughs> to hang people in town squares <laughs> with popcorn and disembowel them, you know, in the public right. square. The punishment. We don't do that anymore. But right. uh, I'm saying, you know, we need to be not hypocrites and using double speak. Well, I'm right? a hypocrite. We, well, I I'm I a can't. hypocrite because if somebody if somebody hurt my family. If someone hurt my As family, someone who has had someone hurt her family, I'm telling you, you just have. Well, I, I, Joe, can I interject here a minute? Yeah, you, you and I were both just talking about people who were wrong, wrongfully convicted, and the and the man who uh, we worked with and 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 worked on his case, you know, he was wrongfully convicted of murder of his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, he he was somebody who definitely could have faced the death penalty, but he was innocent. And it took eight years to get him out. So, I mean, that, and that's actually a very short time. But, uh, you know, so we have a number. That's the problem with capital punishment in my book is that I, I don't want to sacrifice one innocent citizen. I don't. No. If they're innocent, they need to have a way out. And that's the problem. And, and I know... You know, it seems to us all that there is, you know, clearly so-and-so murdered so-and-so, but there's just too many cases now that Innocence Project has, has shown. Oh, I agree. I agree. Exactly. I agree. And we have to have that protection. Now, if somebody has, you know, done something horrific, uh, I want them off the streets forever. That, that's not it. And then the other thing, think about this. The capital punishment has created a, a whole legal industry around that that costs millions and millions of dollars for each prisoner. So we don't need, we do not need to be wasting taxpayer money on it. Let's lock them up, throw away the key, you know, and 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 make sure that, that society is safe. But we cannot take the risk that we kill innocent people. We just can't. And I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say one more thing about that since we're off we're getting off our subjects, I guess. But I, I do want to say something about this. I think that violence in society as a whole uh, is sometimes a follow-on to government violence. So as our government engages violently internationally and does violent things like killing people, I think that affects the population to an extent and that, and that violence is authorized. I, yeah. I want to deauthorize violence as a way to do it. We need to be able to have arguments. We need to have legal battles, but we do not need to get violent with each other. So that's yeah. I, I'm worried about that, and that's kind of what I see there. So, so, so I agree and, and, with and you. And let me just chime in. Let yeah, me just chime ahead. in on something that the Warner was saying. So, like I said, I have been on the receiving end of heinous crimes conducted against me and my family, and I struggle every day to not want to see that person hang. Right, but on on top of that, what Warner said is we have been completely desensitized, right, as okay. a nation. Because of the activities that we have done, again, we had John Bolton come out and say, we're overthrowing governments we don't like. Like, who are we to go into another nation and tell them what's right or wrong? I remember in 1999, during the first discussion of stealing elections, I said, wait a minute, are we picking their leaders? And they said, I'm, what are you, nuts? Are, we can't have people picking leaders. That would be chaos. And I was like, uh, I was a little bit confused. But... On the other hand, I was trained to say, well, I'm doing what's best for my nation's interests, right? And that's what every soldier does. And this is why we have issues with PTSD when they come back, right? Because um, they have a conflict so- in their heart, right? They have a conflict in their heart. Yes. 
Exactly. And and that's something nobody wants to talk about. The systemic issues. You know, we talk gun control. How are you going to talk about gun control when the value of life is like this much? You know, we used to have guns in school lockers by students themselves that were going hunting and there were no shootouts, right? People would walk around and have them laying around in a car. No one would steal it and shoot people. It's society as a whole. We have minimized life. We have, you know, states like Oregon that pass laws that, you know, let's just starve mentally ill patients so they die faster. Like, this is law. Like, you know, let's, or laws in states that say, oh, let's, uh, you know, legalize and make human remains fertilizer. Like, this is legit stuff. These aren't conspiracy theories. Or Illinois saying that 14-year-olds can select to be organ donors. They, they don't even know what lunch table they're sitting at in high school, right? Let's not get into organ donation, right? This is These are serious issues that we have as a society. And now we're promoting, you know, unaliving yourself. That's a new word, right? Where you could just choose to not exist anymore and throw a party. And we'll welcome it with balloons and you'll have a party and there's hotels. They, I mean, this is insanity. And they're... And their response is, let's just take everybody's guns. And it's like, oh, yeah. So you, the one that makes these crazy laws, has them, but we don't. The whole okay. purpose of this is to defend so, ourselves. So I'm getting but, yelled at to get back on, tar- on track. But I love the fact that we are more complex than Republican and Democrat. And that we are more complex. And we have, we have things that, we, that, we, that pain us, right? And we have different ways to... It, it really, and we're going to have another show on it. Because I want you on for another reason. Tori, I want you on to talk about the things that you literally met me with. You're like, hi, Joe. How, it's so great to meet you. And I was like, it's so great to meet you. And then you're like, and then, by the way, I, I'm, I did this stuff. And I was like, stop it. So I want to have that show. On this right, though, I got to get to the meat of, of this case and this lawsuit. Because this is important. People need to be following this lawsuit. They need to be understanding what you're doing as it relates to um, the election observers and the why. This is super important to me because I think that it's, it's a bigger, you know, as you said, Warner, it, it happens fast. You've got to file a brief. It's due tomorrow, right? Um, this case, you had a social post that you put up. I think you just put it up. Put up C1 if you would. And, and this says, today I filed a C, uh, suit in the Supreme Court as I feel as an independent candidate. I am not afforded the same rights as those flying under the corporate banners of the GOP and the DNC. In addition, the qualified voters will not be heard with the machine counting ballots since I am not allowed to observe and inspect the counting of the ballots. Ohio needs to have an election with no machines. You can't hack paper. Hashtag SOS modest. Um, tell me about this case. One of you tell me about the case. I read it. It's awesome, and it's super simple. Warner, you're the lawyer. <laughs> I, I mean, it is so simple. There, there just, I mean, there isn't, uh, and, and I'll, I'll rehash, I mean, the case, basically. It's she, as a candidate, <clears throat> sorry, as an independent candidate, she has to go through a different process in order to get election observers in place. This is the first, this is step one. So she actually has to have four other candidates agree with her to appoint election observers throughout 88 counties in Ohio. Well, guess what? The other candidates are Republican and Democrat. Uh, The Republicans aren't going to do it because they kicked her off the Republican ballot. The Democrats aren't going to do it because, you know, she had uh, been a previous Republican. So there is nowhere for her to turn. She's not going to get four other candidates to support her elections observers. And, in fact, to set up the case, 
we had, you know, Tori reached out to the candidates and all of them and said, hey, I need four of you to come on board from, you know, so we tried to use this complex process, you know, to be able to say to the Supreme Court, which we figured would happen, is that this complex process for independence is not going to work. And oh, lo and behold, it didn't work. I don't think, Tori, you, you'll have to tell me that. I don't think a single candidate got back to you. And there were a slew of emails that went out trying to touch base with those campaigns. Is that correct? Nobody's still today. Nobody's gotten back to you. That's correct. That correct. Candidates, yes, candidates that are campaigning on patriotism and freedom didn't respond, and nor did the Democrats that are campaigning on, you know, inclusiveness and, and diversity of minorities. So both sides didn't answer, and we're talking big names. I didn't go to just the little guys. I went to all, of, you know, as many as I could, and nobody responded, which tells you exactly what the issue is. If you are not in the red or blue cage, you are not allowed or afforded a platform and you should not be heard. That's basically the bottom line. And so, that is a constitutional crisis. So you're invisible then. Yes. Let, let's use the words. They want to make Americans invisible. So step one is about her. That, step one involves this relationship that a candidate has with her voters here and the fact that those voters and the candidate should be treated equally. It's so simple. Just treat people equally. They're not treating Tory or her voters equally. So that's number one. And, and that involves equal protection and that involves the right to association. Now, beyond that, we've asked, you know, once we, we win argument one, we want argument two to, to come into play. And that is that she does have a right once these observers are appointed, to inspect uh, and observe the counting of the, of the uh, ballots. And it's a very simple argument. If you guys are going to choose to use machines, we need to be able to inspect those machines down to the minutest detail and every, every line and letter of code. Um, but if you're, you know, and this, and, and that's not going to happen. I know that because the contracts are written in such a way as they don't, you know, the state of Ohio and the boards of elections have, have agreed not to release the source code and not to allow inspection of these machines. So we know that by the contracts already, but what we can then do is say, well, you still have to have observation inspections. If you want to have machines sitting in your board of elections, that's fine. But you have to count the ballots in an observable and inspectable way, which brings the logical conclusion, let's get back to paper ballot voting. Hand counted. Well, and mm -hmm. is, that the, is that the remedy? I mean, is that the remedy That's, you're seeking in this We in didn't this actually. Instance? We, we have. <laughs> it's the remedy, I believe, the argument leads you to. And, okay. and that's kind of what we did. We're not, we're not forcing anybody's hands. We're just asking questions through the lawsuit. Look, it's impossible to do what Ohio law allows and requires with black box voting. So, so let's, let's go ahead and let's follow Ohio law. I, I don't care what the remedy is, is you know, but in the sense that we're, we've, we've opened the door for them to find the logical remedy. I'm not telling those judges what to do. I'm just showing them, look, given this argument and this argument and what we know is happening, there's really, there's one answer. But we're not telling them the answer. I mean, it's kind yeah, of obvious. Yeah, I wanted to. 
Yeah, I wanted to. My lawyers wanted me. I was like, can we show them that DHS is in control of all the IP addresses, right? Here's the evidence. You know, DHS, for the, for the sake of safety, is monitoring, mining, and guiding our elections. Hey, can we show them that Frank LaRose, who's Ohio Secretary of State, is also a DHS advisor? So which what? hat is he wearing, federal or state? No joke. Wait, yes. but come on. Yes, here's the evidence. They actually what? created a, an exception in Ohio law for him to do this. And I'm like, so now the lines of, of federal and state are completely blurred, right? Um, He's I was a CIA like, hey, we yeah, well, well, you know, remember, Frank LaRose was there helping select Zelensky in 2019. This isn't some random guy. And when people think that he's a Republican, I'm like, wait, you know what the World Economic Forum does, right? Then why is the World Economic Forum, you know, involved in our jobs, Ohio, that Frank LaRose happened to me? You know, it's it's, it's I wanted to put all that. And my lawyer said, no, I'm not doing that. We're well, keeping it. Warner, Warner, come on, man. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I'm a lawyer and I'm like, OK, but here I no. am in the background. But look, evidence. And he's like, no, you Please. can't. And he's right. Listen, I, I appreciate all the evidence that she has, but what she's describing yeah. is a Gordian knot, okay? Yeah. And how do you cut through a Gordian knot? We guess just get back to basics. I got a sword. I'm going to cut it right now. I'm not going to try to disentangle all of that stuff. But, you know, everything she's raising is, is really important because why are our state elections getting federalized? What are federal people doing in the state of Ohio observing, monitoring, checking security? There is no need for that. So we need to, we need to get this back to the precinct level. You know, paper ballots can't be hacked. And, and our local people will watch each other, you know, and be a check on each other. Right now, we have the fox, the federal government, guarding the hen house. We need to get it back where the hens work it out among themselves at the precinct level, and and then they can report that in, and this can happen in a very efficient, very quick way without, and honestly, that's what's happened as well. Look at the problems with the machines. We've got, we've got elections that they can't even bring the data in properly. We've seen huge mistakes in data, and there's delays. I honestly, if the, old, if the ladies, it's usually ladies, I, I hate to be a misogynist here, but it's usually ladies at those precincts. Those ladies know how to count. They are smart. They know how to count. That's something they can do. Let's, let's let them do their job. That's their job. So women saved this country, got it to the place, by the way, where we could actually save it. I mean, they held it together with duct tape and bubble gum, right? Um, and so I, I'm incredibly grateful. But that, you're right, Warner. There's, there's, a, there's a lack of men. And, and women have literally been holding it together, and men have not been strong, um, other than you, of course. And, and well, they, no, no, no. I, I, I accept the, uh, you know, listen, I, I agree with the criticism. Where are the men? Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Let, let's step up to the plate. I, I have been working with women throughout this pandemic because the women get affected immediately because their kids are suffering. Their husbands are suffering. They're losing jobs. They can't keep food on the table. Things are happening to them, and they react right away. They want to protect that nest. They want to make sure the home front is secure. They're, they're, their husbands, their children, their, uh, you know, their parents, you know, and, and the women have really, really stepped up across this country in so many ways throughout this, this crazy 
pandemic that's been going on. And we've got to get beyond that. Uh, we've got to, men, you, we've got to stand up. And I do have, Tori knows, we, have, we do have uh, some men lawyers that we've got on board here that are doing a great oh, job. Oh, they're incredible. But we need, we, need, we need more lawyers to stand up. We need more men to stand up. Come on, guys, get, get busy here. And, and I think that's important that, that we understand that it, it, we don't save the country. I always like to say that I'm not going to save the nation. Tori, you're not going to save the nation. Mike Lindell's not right. going to save the nation. The people creating density and using not violence but force, force is the act of putting your hand on the hot stove as a child and the mom taking the hand away. Right? Force is taking away the keys so the kids have to basically walk to school because they didn't keep their grades up. That's force. We have to create force inside of our communities that, that restate the mores of society. And I don't believe that until we get there, no matter what you or I, and the, and the, until we get to the place where people are willing to say that this is justice, which I hope happens in Ohio. I hope that this is just one of those catalysts that, Tori, you're elected as a Secretary of State, and we're able to see this metastasize into a place where people say no more. But well, I already won. I already won. No, I already won. Not even being Secretary of State is, is, is fine. The fact that I started the conversation, a conversation that that had to happen for over 20 years, right? And, and, and it'll keep happening, right? We need to have these conversations. If it takes some round lady with glasses with, you know, uh, not caring about who she offends and polarizing people, then so be it. I have already won because I am forcing discussions that people don't want to have. And I have been blessed to have a team of attorneys that have been able to rein in the fire hose of information I have because I've been silent for so long in my life. You know, enacting in egregious conduct under the guise of the interests of my country. And, and that that is an immense amount of guilt. And so when I am able to be heard, it's like a fire hose and I can't help it. And I have been blessed with people that have been able to say, what you're saying is correct. Let's let's focus on, on, on the foundation. And even in my affidavit, the same thing happened. I wanted to say so much more about, and I misspoke before, it's not 45 countries, it's 45 elections, right? because I had multiple elections conducted in Iraq, multiple elections conducted in Ukraine. I just want to make it clear, okay? It wasn't 45 countries, it was elections. Because I misspoke earlier. Yeah, well, mm. that's the last one I fixed in 2014. Do you like it? We stopped counting in the middle of the night. That was my idea. And blame the Russians for it. See a what? pattern? Wait, hold on, say that one more time. For the cut, for, hey, cut, 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 cut on this. Holy <laughs> crap. Warner, you are not able to keep a, you're not able to keep Tory from speaking out, are you? Oh, I wouldn't even begin to try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she's blazing a trail. She's a force, as you said, and in her own right. And you know, God bless her. And she's given, you know, she, our clients give us the opportunity to litigate things that are really important to us. I mean, like I said, I've been thinking about elections issues for over 20 years, very concerned about black, black box voting, and never had an opportunity. So, so Tory has given, given all Ohioans and, and uh, me as an attorney, she's given me the chance to litigate something that I've always wanted to look at and never been able to do. And, and she's so uniquely positioned. It's just such a blessing. All right, we are we are out of time, but I I want to um, I have a couple other questions for you, Tori Warner. We we pray for 
um, our guests after every show. So I'm not going to let either one of you get away without me praying for you. And uh, but uh, I, I want to ask a couple questions that that one of our producers and one of our writers put in here that I think is powerful. And that is, let's talk about the ground game, Tori. Are you commanding all these people, or is, there, or is this an organic movement that's just starting to create a groundswell? Oh, it's organic, and that's the thing. Uh, I have a lot of friends. I mean, that are that are high up there, and you know they've tried to recreate it. And what people don't understand that this is completely organic. Um, the you know good leaders make other leaders, and good leaders provide knowledge to people so that they can become leaders. And what I have seen across America through online organizing is that these people are meeting in person and having potluck. They're empowered to do things like no other. And for some reason, you know, it, it's working. And that's because that's the way it was intended to work, right? That's what the founding fathers had, that we create communities and we support them with each other. And this is how we have good communities that listen to each other and come to the table and have conversations. And I have been seeing that ever since the elections in 2020 manifest online in these organized county and state groups that I don't command at all. They do their own thing. They just label themselves as Tori says, because the common factor was that they would listen to my radio show. And they're incredible people. They're single moms, single dads. You know, with 2.5 kids, some of them have 10 kids. You know, many people overseas, I have, you know, expats that are living, even in Mongolia. I even have foreign citizens. We had someone in Nigeria run based on the foundations of our nation. The whole world is looking to America for hope. And, you know, people are not understanding that the more you come to the table with everyone, the more you find out you have in common. And the commonality we have is that we believe in this American idea that was born you know out of tyranny right because it was really brave of them in 1776 to say we're out you know they had the the comfort of the crown's protection and money right and they had no other knowledge of anything it was all monarchies and suddenly they're like you know what it's okay we'll go through uncharted waters because we're in it together where we go one we go all let's do this and that is exactly what they did and here we are almost 250 years later in the middle of its destruction when it was so beautifully born. And we need to fix that as a nation. We need to sit down. Are you afraid? Break bread. Huh? Are you afraid? No, not at all. I mean, I, you know, Tell not at why. all. Tell everyone why. God has me. I, I, I you know, I, if people actually knew my story, aside from the atrocities that I helped commit globally, right? But as a person, you know, I have done so much for people that don't know me, right? That never heard of me, um, chasing down and trying to fight corruption in the shadows after I was disowned by the intelligence community. And I have fought like no other while being a victim of crimes that I had no idea were happening, which, you know, what people don't seem to understand loyalty and, and honesty is so hard. Because could you imagine having a best friend for 10 years? And so based on that friendship with that friend for 10 years, you have built other relationships based on that loyalty and trust, right? And then suddenly you come to a point in your life that this friend that you've had for 10 or 20 years is actually not who they say. That they were, you know, they were 
completely different person. That doesn't just shatter yourself saying, oh my gosh, how dumb was I? I'm not as smart as I think. I, I can't see everything. That shatters relationships you have with other people. And this is why I constantly reinforce I don't like people because I don't know how to interact with them. Right now, from my socially awkward, borderline Asperger's personality, right? This added to it, right, is, is a hot mess. And I find communicating with people very difficult because of trust. So could you imagine how America feels right now in the middle of all this political turmoil where they had trust in their media, where they had trust in their government, where they had trust in all these influence people and, and suddenly it shattered. Remember, they built other relationships based on the knowledge and, 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 and the thoughts and the feelings they had across with those relationships. All of America is in, in emotional chaos and with informational chaos in an era of, uh, you know, of information, it's, 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 it's a pure form of destruction. Our nation is spiraling and what we need is a breath of fresh air, right, of some common sense coming to the table and to stop this tribalism because we're all affected as souls. Could you imagine how that hurts someone? I no. speak of it and it doesn't make me weak because I am not scared of my weaknesses. I wear them like badges. I'm not scared of my failures. I wear them as badges. Those say that I've been through the trenches. So anyone trying to weaponize those against someone is insane. That's like the biggest armor. You have the armor of God on you, it's game over. And and that's where I stand. And, 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 and that's it. I'm fearless, regardless of the attacks, harassment, criminal acts against myself and family members. I'll stand tall because he reigns king. Amen. That's cool. Amen. Thanks. So, so two things. One, I'm going to have you back on the show so you can tell us more about the 45 elections. Number two, you're going to come on this show and guess what you're going to do? What? You're going to, you're going to spend the entire hour talking. I'm not going to say a word and you're going to tell people your story. Oh my gosh. You're going to go back and you're going to tell your story. You're going to, you're going to talk about all this stuff so that people know who you are. Because I think it's important for them to understand that you're unselfishly standing up. And Warner, you're doing some, you're doing the, some hard work inside the courtroom, but the work that, that collectively, there's a reason why you represent Tori. You represent Tori because she's a truth teller. You represent Tori because she's convicted and standing up for this nation. And you've probably taken some hits yourself as a result of that. So I want people to understand your story. I want them to hear it. I want them to hear it from you. I think it's important because that is what, that's what creates that, that authenticity. That's what creates that groundswell that's organic where people say, I have to follow you. Well, so. Warner was brought in by God. I mean, he's an incredible person. We don't see eye to eye on everything politically. But one thing that, that, that we do see, I, and I don't say that, I, we probably do, but I'm a little bit more harsh and firm, right? <laughs> I come from another cloth cut. But um, he's incredible, you know? Uh, the uh, he has compassion, and that's something that society lacks. Uh, and and he loves truth, and that's something that the bar association waves the finger at. So, <laughs> um, he's been a blessing. And my campaign, anything we've raised, is pretty much signs and 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 if I could pay his weight in gold a million times, I'd do it. <laughs> so thank you, the Lord. <laughs> So Warner, I'm going to give you the final word, but before I do that, I'm going to put up how they can find you. So the, how can they support you? And I think that's M-A-R-A-S, modest at, or for Ohio, right? Dot com? 
Yeah, marisforohio.com, correct. Oh, see, I was going modest. Yeah, well, no, it's modest. That's the way you say it. But, um, you know, everyone remembers that footballer, George Maris. Right? Yep. So, so they just kind of roll it like that. So we go with Maris. But it's Maras, yes. I see, I so, got it right. Woo, yeah, let's go. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and Warner has been fighting other fights that I know a lot of people, you know, probably don't know he fights. Pfizer is one big one. And you should have him on to talk about that because he's an expert in that. Warner, I, I'm gonna, I represent ahead. the Pfizer whistleblower, Brooke Jackson. Well, we got to have a talk then. You know, you know who Carol Baker is then. I'm not sure I know. I'm not sure I know offhand who that is. Um, but we, we still, Brooke is the one who reported Pfizer to the FDA and was fired six hours later. So, I, one of the things. I, I, let me close out with what I, I think Tori has brought up something really important. I mean, faith and trust in our media, hospitals, educational institutions, the FDA, the CDC has all been completely destroyed by this fake uh, pandemic that they've engaged in and all the lockdowns, shutdowns, mandated uh, shots that they've done to people. But what I do see, and, and, and that is terrible, and I think that's causing a real crisis, is certainly a crisis of government. Our government cannot function without any credibility, and it's lost its credibility. But what we do see are people who essentially have crossed the Rubicon. And Tory is one. I know lots and thousands, millions of people have walked away from jobs because of mandates, have been fired over mandates. So we, we do have a trusted community in this country. It's still a minority of people, I think. But all of us who've taken a hit on this, you know, I trust those people immediately and implicitly. Because the craziness that has damaged our country has also identified all these millions of people who are willing to stand up and fight. And, and I, those are the patriots. Those are the people that, you know, when I meet them, I'm, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I just feel the, the friendship. I feel the love, and I feel the trust right away. So we are building a trusted community, uh, even though they destroyed uh, what, we, what we had as, as a government, as media, and everything else. So, and, and here, you know, we have new media that's just emerging. It's blossoming all over the place. So the message is getting out, thanks to people like you, Joe. You know, and that's really critical as well. And people have left old media in droves. They're done with it. They realize the yes. scam and they are so done. So, I mean, it's going to take a minute to work this out. But, I mean, we certainly have trusted people and a trusted community that is definitely building across this country. And we're going to take it back and we're going to make it right. And we're going to, we're going to get back to foundational issues. I love it. Yeah, and well, with this case, we could probably have more of that trusted community run for office. I want to see all of them run from off for office, from city council, right, school boards, to Senate and Congress. We need people like that that aren't afraid, that walk in faith and not in sight, that dis make decisions and, uh, and exercise that free will to be our voices because they're not conspiracy theorists, they're not extremists, they bring people to the table. And what Warner is doing with this lawsuit you know, and what we're trying to do is get those independent thinkers to the table and into office because that's how you give America back to the people. And right now there's no path for it. They disallow that to happen. So hopefully that will be a good outcome. 
Well, I'm going to I'm going to have you both back on. Uh, Apollo will be in touch with you, Warner, as well, because I, there's some stuff that I want to share with you. Um, there, there is a ton to learn about what's happening in our country, as you said, and standing up and making sure that we maneuver all of these different legal battles that are happening, but always speak truth. I think that's the one thing that that we have to be careful of is making sure that when we speak, we speak accurately, truthfully, that we don't use hyperbole or, you know, uh, you don't. You know, the truth is bad enough. You don't have to add to it, <laughs> right? So, so I'm going to pray for you guys right now, if that's okay. Father God, thank you. Thank you for Tori. Thank you for Warner. Thank you for the people that have contributed and helped them in this fight. Father, thank you for the truth that Tori tells and for the courage and for the stamina and for the wisdom by which she delivers it to the people. Thank you, Father, for pulling back the, the veil and uncovering and showing us exactly what this apparatus has been doing for years. Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to be born at a time such as this and for allowing us to walk that path. Father, I, I have special blessings today that I would just ask that you bestow upon Tori and you bestow upon Warner and the people that work with them side by side, shoulder to shoulder, that you would protect their minds and their hearts that you would protect their voice, you would protect their livelihoods, you would protect their families, you would allow them to have peace and joy, Father. Father, I would, I would just ask you to amplify their voice and to stop the suppression of the truth that's coming out of Ohio. I would ask you to be on the hearts of the, of the, the judges and those people that would hear the cases that are before them that they may set aside their personal biases or beliefs and look at the evidence as they make a decision for the fate of America. Father, I would ask you to give them the strength and the courage to stand up for what's right. I would ask you to, to be on their hearts with a guilt if they, if they even think about taking a path that would contradict the, what's right. Father, I would ask you to bless the people of Ohio and the people around this nation, to give them the courage to step in the gap and to create density so that we can take back our nation in such a way where violence is not necessary. Where we can do things to make sure that we press upon those people that are in leadership to do the right thing and to step away from this ideological twist in life that has led us away from common sense and basic decency. Father, I would ask you to be there to protect the Pfizer whistleblower that Warner is representing protect her heart and mind. I would ask you to protect that case and to show the American people what is truly happening in our pharma community. Father, please bless our listeners. Please give them the strength to stand up every day and to recognize that what we're talking about is not the negative, it is the hope of what is possible if we look towards the light. I ask for all of these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank yeah, you both. And, and listen, uh, Warner, we will have you on talking about the Pfizer whistleblower. Uh, look up Carol Baker. She's the one that says we need to kill all white people. <laughs> She's the chairman of the CDC. And she literally was on a panel saying that we just need to eliminate all white people. And it's, uh, it's scary. I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't. Sh I, you got to understand, I'm dealing with thousands of people. Oh, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, Carol, I, now I know who you're talking about. 
it's, it's pretty it's pretty disgusting right and from a, from a man that came from an interracial family my dad's black my mom's white my whole family's interracial i've seen racism and on both sides and i i fight against it and have all of my life but to, to see someone say that so pronouncing based on the fact that people are white people are vaccine hesitant um it just makes me sick yeah well god thank bless you. joe thank you right. so much for having us on all right god bless both of you you can actually go and follow tory at tory says plus on telegram on truth it's at maris m-a-r-a-s and then you can become a donor and help tory in this fight at m-a-r-a-s-f-o-r-o-h-i-o.com modest for ohio god bless you both thanks for coming on god bless thank you thank you well that's it we're going to go over a bunch of things tonight i got to tell you that was an amazing interview and i think that you owe it to yourself to promote and push truth 